Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today is another subscriber edition of Craving More. So special thank you to all of my subscribers, my BFFs as I like to call you. Really appreciate your support. If you want to support the show even more, please leave a rating or or a review for this episode. That just means leave some stars, leave a comment. It really, really helps with our success and, you know, being ranked for podcasts, which... Uh, is very important. And I have kind of a special announcement. Uh, My mental health check-in this week has been very good because, well, so first of all, you're hearing this, I'm, I'm recording this on the 17th of September. It's a Sunday. Uh, I'm getting ahead. This is actually going to air on October 1st, but I'm going to be in Italy. So I'm get kind of getting ahead of some, of some shows. And so, so last week, uh, you know, when this airs the prior week where I'm also going to be in Europe, you're hearing an interview with Dr. Joseph Antoon, who is the CEO of that company, El Nutra, that I was excited to review because I had heard about that Prolon product. So he, after that show, we ended up chatting. He was kind of curious about my background. And he said he wanted to sponsor the show. And I was just completely honored. Um, you know, I, I didn't expect something like that to happen so soon. I mean, I'm you know, this is only my second, going on my second year doing this. And you know, he, his company is a very prestigious company. You know, you don't get a Medicare, Medicaid contract if you're not, you know, preventing, helping to prevent disease or truly positively impacting people's lives from a health standpoint. So the fact that he wants to sponsor this is, is just such an honor to me. And so starting next week, when I'm back in Europe, you will start hearing sponsorship information at the beginning of the episode. I will be doing Prolon. He did send me some some stuff. And so, and I had been wanting to do a reset for a while. I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do and how extreme I wanted to be. You know, I like to do my little challenges, but I, I, I'm a little nervous to do the five day. I will be honest because I, I do want to be successful at it, but it's five days is a long time to eat that few calories. So I don't know. We'll see. And I will definitely be very honest about, you know, how it's going and if I was successful and all those good things. So you'll be, you'll be hearing that starting next week. So, you know, my mental health, even though we did have, um, we had our, a walkthrough with the fire inspector in Massachusetts for our cannabis license. And there's of course, some more work that has to be done. We have to, you know, bring down this sprinkler from the ceiling. And again, it's going to delay us getting this license as there's delay after delay. But I think just kind of having this good news about, you know, sponsorship information and this other business that I'm working on, which is this podcast, it just, it made me feel really good. So, um, you know, that cannabis business is like challenge after challenge. I was expecting there to be something that we had to fix or update. So it's, I kind of just expected it. So 
that was pretty good for my mental health. And yeah, so overall, it's been a really good week for mental health. And I hope all of you have had a good mental health week yourselves. All right, let's get right into my healthy habits segment. So this week has been pretty good for healthy habits just in terms of I I did get another couple deliveries of HelloFresh and I had chosen a couple of the lighter options. So there was this Thai curry turkey soup that had this coconut base and coconut milk base with this spicy curry and ground turkey. So it had good protein, had sweet potatoes in it, which are a superfood. So I really enjoyed that meal and felt really good eating it. So that was, that was a really good one. And then the other one that they sent was this pecan crusted chicken breast with a side, with just greens and, you know, sliced apples in the salad. So I felt really good. And that was, you know, a kind of a lighter meal, a lot of protein, good vegetables and fruits and whole foods in it. So those two were pretty tasty. I did cancel HelloFresh. I mean, I'm not going to be able to use it for the next couple of weeks because I'll be in Europe anyway. And I might try the El Nutra delivery service because I think it's less expensive than HelloFresh and it's it's done for you. It's like already cooked. So I might try it. I don't know if I'm going to do it for a long period of time, but I think I'll try it to see what it's like and then decide what I want to do next. I was seeing a couple other, um, you know, services that like Hungry Group kind of popped up and I guess they give you food kits. So I'm not sure. So we'll see. I might do another one after I try the El Nutra food. Uh, But I do want to keep, you know, trying different healthy options that make eating healthy and changing it up very convenient for me because I do get bored very easily and I do want to, you know, eat as many whole foods with high protein as I can during the week so that I can have my little indulgences on the weekends, which we know I like. So I also had good a, a good amount of working out this week. I did a lot of yoga, did a lot of cardio, had my Legree class. So yeah, so it was a good healthy habits week. And I hope all of you had some good healthy habits yourselves. All right, let's get into my tasty treats of the week segment. So starting from when I last recorded, I think I last recorded last weekend. But anyway, I did go to this this new bakery called Paris Baguette. And I was very excited to try it because, and this was last Sunday. So I wanted to indulge, of course, wanted something sweet, something salty. And I love a bakery, as you all know. And so my friend had recommended this one because they have, quote unquote, a cronut type donut. I haven't posted this on my Instagram yet, but I will probably today uh, or maybe next week. But I I did, I looked up, I looked them up online and they had a bunch of different cronut options. And again, cronut is this coined, I think they did trademark that term. So this is a mix between a, a, a paste, uh, what is it? a croissant and a donut. You know, I'm a sucker for a donut and I love pastry. And so these two things together, when they're done well, are excellent. 
So I, when I went online, they had, not only did they have the cronut type donuts, but they had the mochi donuts. So I'm like, Ooh, the mochi donuts. I got to get some more of these. So I got a green tea mochi donut. I got the cookies and cream mochi donut. I got the, and then they had like, I think two, I get this coffee filled cronut. I got a lemon type curd cronut. Did I get one more? I want to say there was one more, but I can't remember right off the top of my head. But anyway, and then I got two savory ones. I got this, this like hash brown type bread thing that was very carby. I mean, bread and a fried hash brown in one pastry. I think it had a little ham in there. Very healthy. Uh, and then what was the other thing? The other thing was I got something else. Oh, this, it, they called it like a pizzette. It's kind of what I got uh, at, at that Kittery Bakery. It's like this open-faced pastry that almost looks like a pizza, but it has different like fillings in the middle. This one had pesto and cheese. And so I got that too. And, you know, when I walked in there, like usually bakeries are, are small, you know, they're very small and they typically run out of things because, you know, they make a certain amount for the day and then they, they're closed. So I'm used, I'm used to like really kind of hole in the wall, small bakeries. And this one was huge. This one was, it was almost like on an industrial scale, if you will. And so I don't know whether it was that feel to it that kind of threw me off a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's not all small batch. I don't know what it was, but I picked up, I, I'd ordered in the morning, went and picked it up. I was afraid that they would sell out of all these things. But when I went in there, it was, it was like this, you know, kind of serve yourself type of situation. They had all these pastries, like in the middle of this kind of like buffet line almost. And you just go pick it, you know, pick what you want and then go in line and pay for it. So it was a different type of bakery than I'm used to. Right now, hopefully I'm visiting the most delicious bakeries in Paris and Italy that you can imagine. I'm, will be reporting back soon. So anyway, so I get back in the car and I immediately have to try a cronut. So I immediately bite into one of the cronuts and I don't love a filling. I mean, I love a Boston cream donut. That's pretty much the only type of filled donut I like. Although Dunkin' Donuts used to have this one where they filled it with this like chocolate, like super sweet icing that I really liked. But, um, but yeah, so this one had, so I bit into it. Oh, I bit into the coffee one first and I was I was kind of disappointed. It had this like coffee type creamy filling and I didn't love that. And the flakiness, there weren't enough layers of pastry for me. It kind of, I mean, a slightly more flaky donut with a filling is, is my summation of that cronut type donut. Even Dunkin' Donuts, when they had their cronut type donut, it was much flakier in my memory than this was. And I definitely expect more from a, a bakery than a Dunkin' Donuts situation. So very disappointing. Not, I mean, not very disappointing, but disappointing, you know, not, not what I wanted. So I, that's actually that coffee donut is still in my freezer. I haven't finished it yet. 
The other two were were good. I mean, the mochi donuts were good too. Not as like unctuous uh, as the one that I tried from that last bakery. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, I'd give this bakery like a 6.5 maybe. Yeah. But I still want to go to that mochi specific uh, donut place because I still am obsessed with the mochi donuts. I got the green tea one just to try something different and it was okay. I mean, I don't, I like green tea just to drink green tea. I don't usually get green tea flavored things because I mean, what's the point? Like you're, it's like combining something healthy with something like it's like getting those ice creams that are green tea. It's like my ex used to do that because he thought it was like this healthier version of anyway, but I, I tried it. It was fine. It was good. I mean, it's a donut. It's going to be good. But the, the cookies and cream one was much better. And the savory pastries were not that great either. I mean, honestly, the, I didn't like the texture of the bread hash brown thing I got. It just was too dense. And when I, because I didn't eat it right away, I like to spread these foods out over an entire day. And when I went to warm it up, it was kind of like this, maybe I just didn't warm it up correctly. I don't know. It was just wasn't anything so special that I'd go back. I don't know that I'm going to go back to that bakery. Uh, and then let's see. Then I had like my my healthy week after that. And then I did make some salmon that I ate in the morning. So I forgot to mention that, but in my healthy habit segment. So that, you know, that was a nice balance from eating all those donuts on Sunday. But then I was having my girlfriends over on Thursday for a Bravo night and I, so I'm going to start a new segment called Foodie Fails, which I'm going to talk about in a second, because what I decided to do for them, I, I talked about these beer cheese gratin potatoes that I had made for Chad and made at Thanksgiving and all the stuff. So they were like, oh my God, those sound so good. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll make them for you. And I don't know why I offered to to cook last, like we had just gotten our house cleaned, my the kitchen was perfect, and I decided to mess it all up with making these beer cheese gratin potatoes. So when, I'm going to talk about that in a second. They did not come out well, so that's going to that's gonna be in my next segment. But I did make a small charcuterie board for that night, which was really good. I got some good olives, I got some good cheese, and then I had some you know, crispy non crackers and some rosemary flavored almonds, which were delicious. And I put out some of these bada boom, like crispy beans that had a chipotle flavor to them. And then of course my friend Kate brought over Jimmy's chocolate Jimmy's with ice cream, which I told her to take with her. Uh, she didn't. So now I still have two cartons of ice cream sitting in my freezer, which I'll probably finish today. Uh, and so, I mean, I over OD'd on Jimmy's that night because I thought she was going to take them with her. So I'm like, oh, I have to get my Jimmy fix in. So I'm eating it like it's like crack cocaine. I mean, it's, it's not that you eat crack cocaine, but it was like, I was just eating so many, the, the, the ratio of Jimmy's to ice cream was not correct, but I needed my Jimmy fix and now I still have Jimmy's left, but now I have to use fewer Jimmy's per ratio to ice cream because I eat so much that Thursday night. Anyway, 
Uh, so that kind of sums up my tasty treat section because I kind of want to get into my foodie fails. I am planning on eating some, let's see, delicious things tonight, today, because it's Sunday and I need to get my deliciousness in. But overall this weekend, it's been more about foodie failures than anything. So anyway, I hope all of you had some good tasty treats for your week because mine, there was, there was some, some not so great tastiness about it. But anyway, hopefully yours was much better than mine. Okay, so let's now get into my new segment called Foodie Failures. This is going to, I'm going to talk about this every time something just does not come out as expected. Now, I think I'm in like an okay cook. I, I'm trying to cook more so I can get better and better and better. I mean, look, I come from a family of Italian chefs, so I want to be a better chef, a little, little a better cook, if, if I will. So I wanted to make these beer cheese gratin potatoes for my friends. And of course, being Italian, Jewish, whatever you want to say, like I have this like anxiety that there's just not going to be enough food. So I decided to double the recipe and I'm, I'm always also afraid of overcooking things. And so, and I'm not good. I'm not really good at understanding how much longer to cook things or the, the size of the vessel that I'll need to cook it in. But I figured, cause I, I do remember when I made a single batch and I made it for like four people in the past. It just wasn't enough. Like we all wanted more. And so I was like, okay, well, there's going to be four of us here eating this. And like, this is, this is the only delicious thing I really planned for that day. And so do you, do you so I went to the store and I'd gotten like the charcuterie and this and that, but and I didn't get any meats for that charcuterie board. It was basically just cheese. And so I, I got the ingredients to double the recipe and the quantities of things that I'd gotten to double the recipe were correct. Um, but the problem that I ran into was I didn't... So they, they said to kind of simmer the potatoes for 12 to 15 minutes before. And so I, I kind of just did it on the 12-minute side because, again, I didn't want them everything to get too soft, which with a potato, it's not the same thing as pasta. I should have recognized that, but... Anyway, so, and I, I also saw that it wasn't really bubbling. It wasn't really simmering, you know, it, it, towards the end of the 12 minutes, it kind of started simmering, but I should have left it on longer and really made sure it was simmering. And so I, I think they were already undercooked from, from the simmering that should have happened. And then I put them into this, this new, I had, I had gotten this, um, I don't know, I don't know what it's called. It's, it's some sort, it's like a baking dish and it has this heavy, it's like a ceramic baking dish that has this heavy lid. And I got it over Thanksgiving. I didn't end up using it then. It's beautiful. I love it. I've been wanting to use it. So I'm like, oh, I think this will be perfect because it's it's big. But it called, I needed a two quart and I wasn't sure how the size of this. And so I'm like, I think it'll fit. So I pour it all in there and it did fit. But, you know, it was like to the top. <laughs> and it's a thick ceramic dish. So that I think affected the cooking time too. My oven though cooks things really fast. It's a confection oven. So it tends to cook things even faster. So when I put it in, it said, cook it for 30 to 40 minutes. So of course I went 
you know, I went down, I went closer to the 30 minute mark and it's bubbling and it's steaming and it's, you know, brown, the panko on the top was pretty brown. And so I pulled it out and I served it. I should have tried it first, but I, I, I served it, gave it four people their dishes. And then I bite into mine and I'm like, oh my God, these potatoes are like not cooked through. They're almost like they, they have too much of a bite. They weren't crunchy, but they had like the bite where, you know, you're kind of eating a raw potato. So I was like, guys, this is not cooked. So I'm like, I, I think I should put it back in the oven. Do you guys mind if I like take your plate, scrape everything back into the, which is ugh, the worst, the worst and you can't do that with meat, really. So, but I was like, I'm damned if I'm going to, I'm not going to microwave each plate of potato right now. How embarrassing. So I went to get, Chad was like hiding in the bedroom because I was having a Bravo night. And I'm like, do you want me to take your plate? But these are underdone. Do you want me to take this and cook it again? And he just ate it. He powered through. I'm like, well, I'm not eating this. So I stuck it back in and it took like another like 15 to 20 minutes to to finish. I kept trying it again and trying it again and tr- it took forever. But I finally did get it done. I mean, it was it was fine. I put a little hot sauce on it. It was still delicious. It still tasted good. Uh, but I it was way too much. And the the so that so that was kind of a failure. I mean, it wasn't a complete failure. We did eat it. I was able to send some some take home with my friends. I did save a little plate for myself for the next day, which I was actually really grateful for the next day. But that night too, another food failure or really drink failure. So we had, we usually drink around three bottles of wine between the three of us during our Bravo nights. Usually we don't finish that third bottle. Usually we're like working on the third bottle. Now I definitely didn't need any more wine. So here's what happened. So that morning I was craving my beer cheese potatoes and I was craving the charcuterie. And I wanted to eat nice and light leading up to it. And so, but this is another failure of mine because what I should have done is I should have had like a bagel, like an egg sandwich or something substantial earlier in the day, but I didn't because my friends weren't coming over to like 630. So, you know, I'm, I have my, I had a, like a little bit of a protein shake. I had, you know, some, some salmon and some cucumbers but I went into the night into drinking hungry. Like I, you know, and so I started drinking kind of on an empty stomach. Now I did start a little early on the charcuterie board. I had a little cheese, a little olive, a little cracker as I'm drinking my first drink. But anyway, I know better than that. I know better than to drink on an empty stomach and to wait, 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 wait to eat. Especially if I'm drinking wine, like wine gives me a wicked hangover. So anyway, so I I had like a, this like hard tea drink as I was waiting for my friends to get over because it was sweet and it was filling, had a little charcuterie. They come over, we open our first bottle of wine, we're drinking wine, we're talking and I'm just getting tipsy. The potatoes took long because I thought I'd be eating potato a couple sips into my wine that didn't happen. I finished, we finished like a whole bottle of wine before we even start eating the potatoes. So anyway, so we are finished our second bottle of wine by the time the second Bravo show was like midway through. So they're like, Oh, do you have another bottle of wine? I'm like, yeah. So I, and I don't know, I'm not a, I'm a more of a cannabis connoisseur over a wine connoisseur. 
And so we have these bottles of wine. The last two that I opened were amazing bottles. They're reds. And then I opened this other bottle that looked like a great bottle of wine. It looks fancy. I don't know. And so I, so I'm trying to open it. And you know, when you try to open it and, and the cork is not working with you and it's like breaking apart and it's like going lower in the bottle. So this is, this is what's happening to this cork. And I'm like, ladies, this is not going well. I give it to my friend, Christina. She tries, she splatters wine all over my like light whitish you know, nice upholstered seat. And I'm like, it's okay. I have to, I have to get it professionally cleaned, I think. Um, which is fine. It was, I mean, it was this disgusting bottle of wine. So we end up having the court goes into the wine. I end up getting us, I'm like determined to drink this bottle of wine. We get a pitcher, we strain the wine through a, like a cocktail strainer. My, my sister's sommelier, fiance would be shuddering and so would my sister my sister would judge me very hard when she, when she hears the story but we we wanted to drink the bottle of wine i'm like i'm thinking at this time that this bottle can still potentially be good what i should have realized is the disintegration of this well that's what we were kind of confused we're like well if it's an old even if this cork is disintegrating it might still be a good bottle of wine because don't wines get better with age, right? So that's that's the thought process. And so we strain the wine. And again, I didn't even want this wine. I was I was already, I had plenty. And so I'm I'm kind of sipping on this wine. I think it was a turnt bottle of wine. I don't know how much how much of that bottle got got, you know, got consumed, but I know I didn't drink much of it. And when I sipped it kind of towards the end of the night, I was like, oh, this is gross. So I, I should ask my friends if they had the same opinion. But anyway, so that was food failure and second food fail, wine failure. And then I wake up the next day and I am just sick. I am like hungover, nauseous, like unwell. And I I have to go to work. Like I have to like sit there and talk to interview people all day. And, you know, the first lady I interview is like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. All the people that do are losers. And I'm like, oh my God, this lady. And she, like literally she, she didn't know. I didn't show that she's sitting there insulting me. She's like criticizing all these different people. And it's all like qualities I have. <laughs> like, okay, that's nice. That's interesting. Um, and so, so the, the third food failure, and I did post a very angry Instagram story about this. Maybe you saw it, but we went to an Oktoberfest. And so, and again, I knew not to go into this thing hungry, right? And the only thing we had, and I was too lazy to cook because I was hungover. And so I, sh- again, I was like, should I make an egg on a bagel? What should I have? I should have some protein, but I just, I was so, when I'm hungover, I just want grease, carbs, and I don't want to do anything that's difficult. So I had this little pl- plate of potatoes in the thing. So I'm like, the last thing I wanted when I woke up that morning was more cheese. I'm like, I ate so much cheese on Thursday. I'm like, ugh. But anyway, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna eat these potatoes because all I have to do is warm them up. And they're actually delicious the next day. Uh, I, I kind of had the like the scrapings from the bottom of the of the ceramic bowl, so it's kind of like overdone 
cheesy potato, but it was good. It was still good. It hit the spot for my grease need when I was hung, hung over. So I had half the plate uh, early in the morning. And then I'm I'm like, my Uber's on the way. I'm ready. It's like nine minutes away. And I could feel my stomach kind of start growling. And I'm like, there was almost a part of me that's like, no, just go. Maybe eat. like I knew that they had a pretzel waiting for me, like a pretzel with with more cheese. If, I went from hating cheese to now I'm like eating way too much cheese. Anyway, so so I know this pretzel's there. I know there's some food there, but I'm like, my stomach's already grumbling. I'm like, look, Veronica, don't do what you did last night. Don't go start drinking on an empty stomach. So I was smart enough to sit my ass down, eat the last half plate of my potato and go and start putting beer on top of that. So again, very healthy end of my week here, as you can tell. Uh, so, so I go to this thing and, and I, and I like dark beer. If I'm going to drink beer, I like a dark amber beer. So we go to this Oktoberfest at this place called Bone House, which is pretty close to us in Fountain Hills in Arizona. It's a really cool bar. It's got like all these skulls. It's a very cool bar. And, um, and they have good beer. I mean, if you're going to drink beer, this place has good beer. And so they, and they did, they never have amber beer. They had an amber, amber beer, which is stronger than most beers. So I am really glad that I had that, you know, that kind of coating for my stomach. And so I get there and I, you know, I drink my first beer and Chad keeps asking me if I want my pretzel. And I'm like, nah, not yet. I'm like, let me wait till I get a little hungrier. So I, I finished my like half of a second beer and I'm like, okay, let's get this pretzel. So I'm, my expectations aren't like super high because I know that they usually only have food trucks here. And, but I figured if you're, you're only, you don't have that much food that you're offering, you have pretzels and like this bratwurst thing. So the pretzels, I'm expecting it to be somewhat soft. And they had just picked up these pretzels from a bakery that morning this was the worst pretzel I've ever tried to eat in my life. I took one bite and I'm like, no, nope. It was like hard slash stale slash terrible. It just, there's nothing redeeming about it. And the cheese that they served on the side, I'm like, this is not worth me even chewing and swallowing right now. I'm just not going to do it. So I just walked my, so we, we finished a couple more beers. Chad is... Chad's had way too much. Like, I don't, Chad handles his alcohol very, very well. But when he doesn't eat, it really, when he's drinking, and here, look at me judging him that I just did that the night before. So who am I to judge? But I just, it makes me nervous because my ex-husband was a severe alcoholic. We divorced because he would get arrested for alcoholism. So, like, I know I have my limits and I stop. He he can just drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. And he does, I can tell when he hasn't eaten and he starts kind of slurring and he's just, it, we ended up having a long talk last night, like about, I don't want, you know, I want us to have balance in our lives. I want us to live long, healthy lives. Alcohol is toxic. And I'm like, look, I know I'm, I'm, you know, again, it's, this is like me in my glass house throwing stones. It's, I know I like to drink my alcohol. I know you know, I like my substances. Like, I'm not saying I'm like, I just, I'm like, alcohol is progressive. I'm like, my ex-husband and I started out partying, having fun together. And then 
when he started getting arrested for public drunkenness, it's like, that's where it can progress to. And I just, I said to Chad, I'm like, I don't want that for us. I don't want to see you start to go downhill like that. And so please like, just know that like, I want to have these discussions so that we're, we keep each other as healthy as we possibly can be while having our vices. Like none of us are going to be perfect people. We have our vices, but let's just like have some balance and, and, and Chad works out and he understands, you know, whatever but he it was a it was a beautiful conversation we're like crying it was it was nice but um anyway that those were my food failures and hopefully you didn't have as many food failures this week as I did I'm realizing I forgot to do my diet culture media moment which I thought was an interesting one this week so I was listening to the podcast Sophia with an F and of course I usually don't review that podcast because it's more of like a kind of sexual podcast. But uh, this she had on this guest, Abby Lee Miller, which I guess Abby Lee Miller is this controversial figure because she had this dance show's mom, dance, dance, dance moms or some dance kids. I don't know. Something with like little kids that dance. Uh, and the moms are like these stage moms and, you know, they like push these kids too hard. I never watched it. I'm not into that stuff, but she apparently went to jail because she claimed bankruptcy and then, uh, and then was like hiding all this money she had. So she ended up serving time in federal prison. And, and apparently like this episode that she was on Sophia with an F, like at the very end, she starts talking about like, you know, young Tom Cruise and how like she was really attracted to him and some, some movie he, where he played this high school football player or something. And she's like, Oh, I still like those like young jocks, those like young high school guys. And she's like this, like, you know, like probably 60 year old woman who it's like, Oh, those high school boys might be a little young for you and, and illegal. But um, anyway, so there was a lot of controversy sparked from that episode. But what I thought was interesting that I wanted to talk about on this podcast is that she talked about how when she was in prison, she lost 150 pounds uh, because, you know, she she ended up like just being able to focus on herself. So she would work out all the time and the food was not great. So uh, but she did tell this story about how, you know, because I, I I'm always fascinated by people that have all the success and can eat anything they want and and go from probably eating like the most delicious food to now eating prison food. And so, so Sophia was like, prison food must be just gross. And she's like, well, it depends on who's cooking. She's like, there was this one lady who made this incredible oatmeal. And she described how she would get up really early on the oatmeal days. She'd get up at 6am, she'd put on this big coat, she'd go get her oatmeal. And she was allowed to like buy raisins at the commissary. So she would add some raisins to it. And then one of her friends would like sneak her brown sugar. So apparently it was, it's illegal to have brown sugar. There's like contraband that in prison, but she would find a way to like sneak this brown sugar and she'd pay this woman to like sneak her this brown sugar so that she could sneak it into her, her oatmeal. And then she would have to like put, put, um, like cornflakes over it to hide it from the guard so they couldn't see that she was eating something that had this this brown sugar on it and so she would like slowly eat her delicious oatmeal with brown sugar and raisins and she would savor it and 
I just thought it was very interesting that, you know, you go from, you know, probably being on top of the world, eating at the best restaurants to savoring oatmeal in prison with raisins and brown sugar. Okay, this is why I'm always going to do right by, right by people in life. I do not want to end up in prison savoring my oatmeal. I'd rather be, you know, eating homemade pasta in Italy. So anyway, that was my diet culture media moment that I thought all of you might be interested in as well. All right, now let's get into my full podcast review. And this week I'm going to be reviewing a podcast that just got renamed Its new name is Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. It used to be Divorce Not Dead. And I'm so glad she changed that title because I was really getting bored with that topic in general. I'm like, I'm sick of hearing about divorce and empowerment and women that divorce. It's just, it was not that interesting to me. So that's why I never reviewed it because it didn't have to do with food or diet culture or anything like that. But this new one is going to be about more things and it allows her to have more just variety and just talk about things that she cares about, which is great. And I'm excited to actually listen to one that she taped recently about, like, I guess her dad was in the World Trade Towers when they were hit by a plane. So good Lord. And, but he survived. So I'm, I'm really want to listen to that. I won't be reviewing it on here, but if you're interested in that stuff, go check her new podcast title out. Uh, but anyway, so she, she did this one on her Ozempic journey. So of course I had to review this one. Now, before I get into this, Um, I wanted to, I wanted to, I actually got a negative review recently and I, but I actually thought it was really good feedback. So this woman, I'm assuming it was a woman that commented and left a review about, she thought that my show was going to be really tearing down diet culture and really dissecting and criticizing all of these episodes that I listened to. And I do feel like I share my strong opinion and I share stories of of things that that I can relate to throughout the episodes. But I think maybe, you know, because I always want to share my strong opinions about these episodes. And so I'm going to change the format slightly. I'm just going to, at the very beginning, I'm going to give my hot take, which will kind of be like a summation of just my overall emotion towards this show before I get into the real details and the nitty gritty of like what actually is said throughout the podcast, this woman was like, well, she, all she does is like say exactly what's in each show. How boring. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I, I mean, I do want to do that. I mean, that's what like Watch What Crappens does. That's a podcast review. So I do want to continue to do the actual reviews of those podcasts, but, um, But I do want to give kind of like a hot take prior to it. So my hot take on this episode, you know, I do love Caroline's honesty and openness. She shares it all. And I love that about people. That's one of the reasons that I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, And I totally understand the pressure that she's under, you know, being on TV, being with a younger man. Um, I don't agree with with the stuff that she talks about with metabolism because it's been proven through, you know, science and research that our metabolisms 
don't necessarily slow down till we're in our 60s, but our lifestyle may, mainly changes. But um, but I do understand, like, as you will hear in her show that she that she does on this, she went through a lot with hormones and IVF. You know, I, I, I can't imagine. I, you know, I mean, I did used to meet a lot of people in the weight loss industry where they, you know, they'd been on, put on um, different, like, prednisone and different hormones and steroids where they you know blew up and gained a lot of weight and and so you know it's very not you know similar in a way that she went through these procedures with hormones and IVF and this this caused her body to change and and for her to bloat and to gain some weight um you know I can't imagine putting my body through all that but but Caroline does and and this is a trigger warning for this show again if you're somebody that gets triggered by, you know, Caroline, even at her heaviest, was, you know, she uses terms throughout this show like fat and anorexic, and she talks about her ozempic journey. And again, keep in mind, this is a woman who, even at her heaviest, as you'll hear from her, she was still very thin by societal standards, right? So so if this triggers you because someone like Caroline used it to lose 12 pounds, don't listen, you know, skip this one. But, you know, she talks about very specific areas on her body that she wants to improve with surgery. Now, I personally love this stuff because I I can't, she, she's, this is, this is a very wealthy woman. I can't afford to do all the stuff that she does, but I think I might do maybe one or two of those things eventually someday. And I just like to see other people go through those things, what their results are. So eventually when I decide to invest, I can make a good decision for myself in terms of like what I want to do and see other people go through it first. So I do love people that will talk about that stuff. Um, but in general, most people can't afford to, to get what she gets done. I, you know, I'm certainly one of those people myself. You know, I, I am a you know, I, I see her as as someone that you can use to, again, aspire to do certain things. Like, you know, she's built her own company. She she had a company that failed that you saw in Ladies of London that she was on. And now she's built a whole new company. And I, I just, I love that. I respect that. And, you know, I like people like Caroline who do things first and and are very very honest about it so you know she discusses things like um her eyelid surgery which i think i might want to do someday and again you know she does have um she is she's very about correcting things that are changing right like that's where i've always come from with a with a you know the Botox, right? Just kind of preventing those wrinkles that occur over time. Or, you know, my eyelids are going to eventually completely droop over my eyes if I don't get them, get that surgery done. So corrective over, you know, just completely changing an aspect of yourself. Like I don't see myself ever getting a nose job. Now people have made fun of my nose, but I like my nose. I like the character that it gives me. So there's like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to completely change my look. And you'll hear Caroline talk about stuff like that. I think for me, corrective stuff, right? And, and you hear Caroline talk about that, but she does nitpick every little aspect of her body 
which can be very triggering to some people. You know, I've, and again, this is why I started this podcast. This podcast is only for people that love talking about stuff like that and hearing stuff like that. Because I remember this time when I was talking about it in front of a group of girlfriends, like something I wanted to do. And I could see some of them were like, uh, like, like kind of starting to turn inward on that part of their own body. And I don't want to create that in people, right? That can happen. It's like, oh, do I need to fix that part of my body? And that's not my intent here. I, I like to talk about what I want to do, what works for me, what's personal to me. And and Caroline does the same. And I think we all are on our own journeys. And again, I just, I like to see people that are super honest about things they want to improve, that are honest about what they do about it. And they put it out there for public consumption. I love that shit. Again, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. And hopefully all of you that are listening respect that. And and you're my subscriber, so you do. I think a lot of my negative reviews, which there are plenty, I think they come from people that don't really know what this is about, think I'm going to be more critical towards diet culture than I am. Because, look, I still do parts of diet culture. I tried that you know, carnivore way of eating. I try, you know, all these different things. I'm going to try Prolon. So I've got like one foot in, one foot out because I do believe in balance and and wellness and, you know, the good things that can happen from proper nutrition. Um, and then I also love to indulge and all the stuff. So, and then, and I love anti-aging stuff. And I know that you're not supposed to use the word anti-aging anymore, but the reality is that a lot of diseases are the are from the process of aging. And a lot of these things that we talk about with longevity, like the whole prolon thing is supposed to be about regenerating your cells and helping to keep everything young, younger. Because again, age is where you see, and people age at different rates. My dad aged at a much faster rate because of the choices that he made health-wise. So again, when I say the word anti-aging, it's more about aging gracefully. So... You know, with that preface, <clears throat> you know, later in the episode, um, you know, she gets in, she, she gets into that she's proud that she's showing women that they don't have to accept their aging body and all that comes with it, like weight gain, like sagging. And again, for some that will be inspirational and for some people that'll be extremely triggering and will set them back mentally. Right. Because we're in this culture, which is talking about body acceptance and body neutrality, which I totally understand the importance of and support. Like there's certain parts of myself that I just accept and I'm like, I'm not a supermodel. I don't have to have a perfect flat stomach. Like I'm just going to buy a high waisted pair of jeans. Right. And, and again, so, so again, I, I think body acceptance, body neutrality helps with long-term happiness. I don't think there's anything wrong in wanting to improve things about yourself. And again, we talk about all those things honestly on this podcast. So does Caroline, which is why I want to review her. But again, if this stuff is going to trigger you, don't listen. Okay. So we'll get now into the full podcast review of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. So the title of this one, if you want to go look for it, is Embracing Your Journey, Truths About Weight Loss, Ozempic, and Aging Gracefully. Okay, so that's why I chose to do this review, because all things I'm interested in. 
So, you know, Caroline started out just talking about how she's, she's always asked about her weight loss journey. So she wanted to address it uh, because the topic of Ozempic or these semaglutides is such a hot one right now. And so she's like, truth time, guys. She's like, I did two to three rounds of IVF. And she's like, and I blew up more than I ever have in my entire life. And she said what she weighs. She's like, I've always been between 49 to 53 kilos, which of course I had to look that up for pounds. And that's between 108 and 116 pounds. And after IVF, she got up to 58 kilos. So 127 pounds. So she was only what, 11 pounds higher than her former heaviest. Um, and so, and she's like, oh, and the Daily Mail ended up posting some pictures on a boat last summer. And she's like, which I'm sure you're all going to go rush and look up right now, which side note, I did, I had to see them. Uh, and so, and she's like, I looked like I ate Sergio and she said it was so aging and such a shock to her because she's always been in the beauty industry and she represents various brands in the wellness space for things like cellulite and, and stuff like that. And she also does work out very, very hard. She, she's like, I don't just sit around home and expect to be thin. She's like, I work hard at it. And she said that she also thought at 45, her metabolism has slowed down. And, you know, again, we've, we've heard from doctors that it doesn't really until 60, but she's like, I'm not menopausal. She's like, I know it's coming. She said, I'm not scared of it, but she's like, the older we get, the harder it gets. And she's like, I can work my butt off on the treadmill and in the gym. She's like, but if you're taking hormones and doing things like IVF, she's like, your metabolic rate changes and your whole body just kind of blows up your face features. She, and it, she said it just kind of creeped up. She's like, I didn't see it at first. And, you know, she said Sergio, her husband didn't notice it either, but now they look back and they can see it in the pictures. And she had sold all of her old clothes. Cause she's like, I, you know, I went from a 24, um, to a 27 or 28. She's like, I thought those days were gone. Uh, but she said there did come a day when she finally did notice and she doesn't normally look at scales because she doesn't think it's helpful to constantly weigh yourself. She's like, you can just get very caught up in that. Um, but she did say that her dad called her to say that everybody's talking about her weight loss and, you know, but before she lost weight, she's like, everybody was calling him to say they noticed her weight gain and, you know, asking if she was pregnant. So she's like, you know, you really can't win. She's like, either I'm fat or I'm anorexic. And so she's like, at the end of the day, she said, this is for me. I did this for me. I don't feel pressure from my husband. She said, this is a choice that I'm making for myself. If anything, she said, my husband is a feeder. She said, I'd probably be twice the size I am if I left it to him. She said, he doesn't see my weight because he's in love with me. And surgery, Sergio has always had a very complicated relationship with food himself. She said, he's a comfort eater, an emotional eater, which comes from his days of playing professional soccer. And, you know, he does watch what he eats all the time, but he wants, but he eats a lot and he wants me to eat with him all the time. And she's like, a 45-year-old metabolism is very different than a 28-year-old metabolism. She's like, especially on a man. And I just can't eat the same amount as him. And then she went through the second round of IVF and she just wanted to get back to herself, you know, back to where she was before. And so she ended up hiring a trainer 
She's been doing heavy weights. She's really enjoying heavy weights over cardio. She's like, I'm learning to do Pilates, as she calls it. And it's something, you know, she's like, it's, you know, she's like, Pilates is supposed to make you long and lean. She's like, we all have these bingo wings, as I call them, as we get older. And she's like, and all women have, you know, similar issues. She's like, your inner thighs get bigger, your arms, under your arms, under your face, your neck, all these wrinkly bits. And she's like, it's very hard becoming an older woman. She's like, I live in a place where you need to be in a swimsuit all the time. She lives in Dubai. So she said, she's like, I will always do what I can to hold back time. She said, right now I'm looking into getting a little bit of work done when I'm in LA next time. She said, my eyelids, maybe my lower face. And she's like, and I'll share all of that with you uh, as I'm on that journey. And she's like, I'm very, very excited about the new me. So she's talking about a lower facelift, which I will probably eventually have one day. Uh, So I'm excited to see how it looks on her. I'm sure it's going to look great. So she comes back from a break and now gets into her Ozempic journey. So she said, when I first read about Ozempic, she said there were, you know, very mixed reviews. She understood the issues around it. You know, some people just weren't able to access it for their diabetes um, and people were trying to get it for the wrong reasons. But I never, she's like, I never agreed with people outing each other because, you know, what you want to do with your own body is very personal to you. And it's really no one else's business except yours, unless you want to share it. And Sergio was completely against it at first. She said, I have a lot of friends on it. And she's like, I did it to lose weight from a treatment that I had to do. And and it just wasn't natural for my body. And I did it to get back to where I was before. She's like, I'm not trying to change or improve my look in terms of being completely different or trying to be a, a, you know, get supermodel thin. She's like, it wasn't for anybody else except for my own personal self-esteem. She's like, you know, I'm on TV. TV adds 10 pounds anyway. And so I decided to do it. You know, I went to a doctor, I had a full body checkup, and I decided to do, do it for a couple months until I was able to get back to where I was. Um, and, and to which point I feel like I'll be able to maintain it myself. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I don't think anybody should be shamed for that. I don't think anyone should feel guilty about that. So if you've, if you've had to take a hormone treatment and you've had other things going on with your body that are not in your control, and there is a way to get your life back, that's not going to, you know, get your life back. And that's not to say that some people, you know, she's like, this is what she said. She said, some people are fine putting on some weight and that's great for them. She's like, if you, you know, accept weight loss or weight gain and and you're happy, great, more power to you. She said, but I wasn't. And, and, you know, this is not going to be for everybody, but I did not feel good personally. You know, I didn't feel happy in my own skin. You know, and everything I do and preach is all about feeling good in your own body. You know, and to do that and preach that, I I need to feel good in my body. So, you know, when I do my eyelids, that wasn't to look different. It's it's beca- to become a better version of me, you know. And and she's like, I don't understand what... <laughs> then she starts talking. I didn't understand what she was saying at first when she said this. She's like, what is this over eyelid thing anyway? And I think she's talking about the drooping that happens when your upper eyelid droops onto your lower eyelid, which I have that because that's just genetically, some people have that. 
And she's like, why do I need to ask permission? I don't need to ask you. She's like, I don't need any permission from anybody. If it bothers you, if it bothers you, sort it. <laughs> if it bothers you, sort it. She's basically saying if something bothers you about yourself, get it fixed. She's like, we live in a world where we can sort anything. We live in a world where we can sort anything. This is the most, she says, this is the most amazing drug. She said, there's a lot of people out there that struggle with obesity, that struggle to even walk. And she's like, this is a dream drug for them. You know, are there side effects? She's like, I'm sure there are. But nobody said this has to be for long-term use. And she's like, no, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice other than my own personal experience. She's like, but I don't want to live on it. She's like, one thing about it is you're, you're always full. So you can't really drink on it. She said, I have vomited on alcohol after only having a few glasses of wine. Uh, so those calories are reduced and you just can't drink as much. You just have to realize that. So, you know, nor do you really want to drink as much. Uh, she said, you can get nauseous. I did have nausea. She said, some people have diarrhea. Luckily, I did not have that side effect. She's like, but I got to the weight I wanted and I was still at the gym and I'm still doing Pilates. And this is not a miracle drug that keeps you toned and fit and healthy. You know, I don't think any drug is a healthy way to live. You know, I'm big on saying, on, on saying anxiety pills and all these things that people take, you know, will fix the moment, but it's not fixing the root cause. You know, if you're someone who has had bad eating habits and you come off of it and then you return to those exact same bad habits, you'll probably go right back up. I mean, hopefully you've shrunk your stomach a little bit so that your hunger pangs aren't what they were before and you can control those. But, you know, and then, of course, we know from just some of this recent research from Dr. Peter Atia, this is a side note from the podcast, but that some people can have more cravings and some people can have less. So we, it's it, but it is a gamble, right? You don't know what your specific situation will be. Caroline said, I look at it as a tool to get back where you want to go. She's like, it's not a lifestyle. I personally don't think it's worth doing more than two to three months. You know, it's, and again, it's not going to be for everyone, but if you're at your wits end and you're active and you're trying, why not get a little help? She's like, with without other people passing judgment and getting involved, what business is it of theirs? She's like, I'm so sick of people messaging me on Instagram being like, oh, it's Ozempic. And I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, just for a few months while I'm getting over IVF and I'm fine with it. I paid for it. I feel good about the results. And obviously all you guys think I look good. It's taken years off me, the weight. She's like, why should I live miserable? She's like, I had to go through IVF because I'm unable to have children naturally. Anyone that's pumped themselves full of hormones understands what I'm talking about. Should a lot of people think it's just water weight and it's not. She's like, it's really hard to lose and it's not because I'm lazy. She's like, I grind. I work hard. All I was doing was building muscle under a lot of flab. She's like, the flab wasn't going. She's like, I've always struggled getting fat off my tummy. People look at me and they call me anorexic because of my legs. But even when I was pregnant with twins, I had sticks for legs. She said, I can't, I, she's like, I can put my hands around my ankles. She said, my legs have always been tiny, just genetically. She's like, it's annoying. She's like, I would love to have fat on my legs. She said, I've tried for years. If I put on weight, it goes to my stomach 
and to the back of my arms. If I lose weight, it goes in my legs. She's like, and last, my stomach and my arms. She said, I got to my ideal weight, and now I'm just trying to do very heavy weights with my arms. And she said, I'm really proud of myself because I see definition that I haven't seen in years. And she's like, I even have definition on my stomach. And, you know, she's like, I'm hoping I'm showing women that at 47, you don't have to accept the way your body is. And, and after kickstarting, there is a healthy lifestyle ahead, which I'm building a new brand about. It's like healthy living, feeling good from the inside out, my skin glow. I take collagen every day, my hair, you know, why are women chastising each other? We just need to share and give other women hope. Oh, you're 45 and that's it for you. And you know, that's not it. That doesn't have to be the end. This is, this is not what we're stuck with. You know, you're not, you don't always have to be tired. You know, people will still want you, you know, at this age. It's, you know, people, the patriarchy, everybody tries to tell middle-aged women that this is the end. And this is what we've been told for years, that you're going to have wrinkly skin. You're going to lose your hair. No one's going to love you or want you. It's like, it's all bullshit. And I'm here to say it. And you don't have to accept any of it if you don't want to. And again, side note, she goes into a break right now, but this is what I'm kind of talking about. It's like, you know, Keanu Reeves is dating a woman who has let her hair go gray. And I am obsessed with it. I love the story. I love that someone is hot and sexy and famous and rich as, as Keanu Reeves loves a woman that has let her hair go gray. Now, I don't personally think I'll ever let my hair go gray, but I respect that like, we're in this culture now where we're starting to fight back against these societal expectations and it's being embraced. And whereas, you know, there's this whole stereotype that, oh, these, these, these successful men just want these 20 year olds. No, that's not the case. And I just think we're in this whole new world where we can be who we want to be. We can accept the way we're aging and what comes with it, or we can choose to change things. And I think, power to both choices, right? And Caroline is saying that. Now, I tend to veer towards the Caroline side where I do want to tweak and make some improvements. And again, some people judge me for that. But hey, everyone should stay in their own lane and do what they want to do to bring themselves happiness. So anyway, so she gets back from her break and she's like, she's going on about, it's like plastic surgery is acceptable. She's like, and you know, I'm doing it now with small nips and tucks because I don't want a full facelift. She said, I'd rather have a little tweak here and there where people just think I look great, but aren't really sure if I did anything. She said, you know, I'm sick of my mouth turning downwards. I don't love my stomach. I'll never love my stomach. She's like, it's not as tight as I would love it to be. She said, you spend crazy money on these machines and they work, but it's constant maintenance. Side note, I think what she's talking about there is that machine that like exercises you that the Kardashians did on that episode. That's the one I thought I was going to try and it wasn't that. I think that's what she does for her stomach. She, Caroline takes all the shortcuts, right? Uh, to look her best, which again, hey, if you've got the money to spend on it, it is expensive. Um, but anyway, 
She said, I can't do that to my face because I don't want fillers all the time. I don't want to have a pillow face. She said, I took my weight into my own hands and I'm over the moon about it. She's like, when I slid into my jeans again last night that I was able to fit into five years ago, she's like, I felt like what a great accomplishment and feeling for me. And I don't care. You know, none of you can take that away from me. She's like, I did two or three months of Ozempic. I just don't understand the dirty secret of it all. Um, if you actually need it. Then she said, I think a lot of people are worried about the long-term effects of it. And I don't know, obviously, that's what worries my husband more than anything. He's like, you're pumping that stuff in your body. You have no idea what it's going to do later. And she's like, but to be honest, I was more scared of that COVID vaccine than I am of Ozempic. Should we had no time to figure out if the COVID vaccine was going to hurt us? And I got three of them. She said, God knows what we did our, to ourselves with that. She's like, self-esteem in life for women is everything. You can't function if you don't have any self-esteem. You can't get the job you want. You can't get the man you want. You can't get the good, you can't be a good parent, a good wife, because you, if you, if you don't feel good about yourself and you hate yourself, if you hate yourself every day, why is that a good state to live in? That's not living, that's surviving. Who just wants to survive life? I don't. Look, there's side effects to every single drug we take. And as an individual person, you need to weigh whether it's worth the risk to you. You know, I remember when I went in for a boob job years ago. She's like, they make you sign this this paper that you could die on the table. But I took that risk. You know, every time you go get filler or Botox, you sign a waiver because some people have terrible side effects from these things. And for other people, it works great. You know, some people have allergies. Some people have seizures. But if we never took risks, we really would never move forward in medicine. And she's like, this drug has the potential to save lives. There's obese people that aren't able to help themselves. There are people out there that who can't even get out of bed and get to the gym or change their habits. You know, some people, when they're that size and they're being nursed at home and their parents don't know how to care for them and they think giving them more food is love until, they're, until their appetite is suppressed and until they stop asking for it, the enabler is not going to stop giving it to them. And this is the dirty cycle we see a lot. This can happen. This can um this can help the family, the child, the parent. And you may say that's the best case scenario for it. And mine is very superficial. But look, I wasn't looking to change everything about my life. I was just trying to get back to where I was. I'm in the public. I live a life where everybody looks at me and criticizes me all the time. If I'm too thin, if I'm too fat, if I listen to everybody and what they say to me on social media, I'd be in a curled up ball shaking. She's like, but luckily I've developed a very thick skin and I take everything with a grain of salt. So if you're commenting, you must care and I must be doing something right. She's like, I don't want to look anorexic, but you're looking at my legs. She's like, you don't look at the rest of me. I'm not naked in front of you. Everybody has fat where everybody else, everything else has fat where it should be. And my face looks snatched if I do say so myself, but this is what I decided to do for me. You can do what's right for you. It's a wonderful thing to have freedom and the power to choose in life. Nobody should be judged and tormented for their choices. I realize it's a luxury and I paid a lot of money for it, you know, and it did what it's supposed to do for me. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. 
I may get a lot of back backlash for this podcast, but I don't want to lie. I have a lot of midlife women that follow me that tell me how fabulous I look. You know, people ask me what I'm eating and I don't want to lie and tell them I'm just eating a lettuce leaf every day and all my weight fell off because that would be a lie. I took hormones, I gained weight, and if you're someone that has gained weight because of other reasons, I don't know that it'll work the same way for you. You know, it looks like a good solution because it does curb your appetite, and once your appetite is lessened, you have more control. And then once you get to your goal weight, that's your job to maintain it. If you go and eat three burgers and just rely on Ozempic to get it off, that might not be the best way to use it. You know, I eat clean. I cook. Now, some of you may be shocked to hear that, but I actually have started to cook. And I haven't killed my children yet. In fact, my son thinks my cooking is amazing now. You know, I stick to to one meal a day, cooking one meal a day, and that's a huge accomplishment. So, you know, I'm improving myself. I'm journaling. I do my manifestation. I go to the gym three days a week. I start my morning with a smoothie in the morning with collagen and my probiotics. She's like, I'm actually going to be launching my own prebiotics soon. And, you know, because I've always suffered with bloating. But she's like, I'm slowing down. I'm taking more time for myself. She's like, you need to make yourself happy, even if that means taking Ozempic or Wagovi or Monjaro or whatever the the kind that you're taking is. Uh, She's like, but just do it safely and do what you want. She's like, sometimes other people just don't even want you to improve yourself because they're not ready to improve their own lives. It's like people like to see other people stuck sometimes. As, you know, some people just like to feel superior. So suddenly you're getting all the comments and some, and that's suddenly making those people uncomfortable. She's like, me feeling fabulous at 47 makes other people uncomfortable. And I'm not going to live my life according to stereotypes of what I should be at this age. You know, I'm not doing this just because I have a young husband. You can have the life you want to have. There are tools all around us that allow us to live our best lives, like going to the gym. I mean, that's a tool. In America, there is this epidemic of using anti-anxiety drugs and these drugs for attention, and everybody's on them. And they're supposed to be worse than taking crack cocaine, yet nobody's talking about that. I mean, the the pressure celebrities have to look good for all of you is insane, You don't want to look up to somebody you don't admire. I want to see people thriving and use them for inspiration. I want to see them because it motivates me. If you can do it, I can do it. Why should I do supplements? Why should I do supplements that are everywhere? Oh, she's saying like, why should I make my own supplements when there's supplements everywhere? Why should I write a manifestation book when all these other people are writing manifestation books? She's like, because I do it slightly different than any anyone else does it. So I'm going to do it my way. And the people that are attracted to me will, will, will come towards it. She's like, so if you're feeling uncomfortable in your own skin, that's a horrible place to be. It's acceptable now to have plastic surgery, but it's not acceptable to lose weight with an injection. On a small frame, 12 pounds is a lot, and I was not comfortable because I knew what my weight was and where I was comfortable all my life. I got exactly there and I stopped. Some people still do tanning beds, and they're going to cause cancer. You know, I never would do that, but some people are. 
I don't stand outside a tanning salon and tell people not to do it. You're a grown person. You can decide if the risk is is worth it to you. The point is to focus on you. And that's the end of my review. She has a couple extra minutes in the podcast. She she does a lot of repeating herself. But, you know, the, the one thing that I do like about Caroline is she is very, you know, she's she's on her own path. You know, she is, you know, she got her divorce. She's with a much younger man. She, she, and she, I'm sure she feels a lot of pressure from society, from being on TV, all of the things, right? So I just, I like her honesty and I just, anyway, I just, I like following her. And again, this is not going to resonate with everybody. So hopefully uh, this didn't trigger anybody. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Uh, I have a lot more content. I will be recapping my trip to Europe when I come back. So I'll be talking about all the delicious food I ate. That'll probably probably be a full episode, so I probably won't do a podcast review. I might finish some of my um some of the Netflix uh uh Blue Zone that I might finish that review. But anyway, I thank you all again for subscribing to Craving More. Please leave a rating and a review for this episode. It means the world to us podcasters. Please follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.